Welcome to Impact Marketer from Cloud Consulting. My name is Stephen Laddick, and I'm the Director of Growth here at Cloud. Today's conversation on Impact Marketer focuses on a business called Obega Beauty, a dropshipping company that sells support bras for women. In this episode, Ronnie, Kevin, and I touch on topics around whether or not dropshipping is dead and how to do it right. Uh, we also talk about what business owners need to know about testing ads and when to stop testing and start producing. Uh, we talk about the dangers of being a one product company and not focusing on customer lifetime value in your business. We talk about why you can never just set it and forget it with ad spend or with your business in general. And finally, we talk about how Clout approached scale and growth for this business and the lessons we learned from the engagement. But before we get started, a quick word from our sponsor. Clout Consulting is the gold standard for e-commerce paid advertising. We help our clients scale and generate massive return through paid advertising platforms like Facebook and Instagram. For more information, visit cloutconsulting.com. Hey guys, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Pretty good. All right. Doing great. Ronnie back in California. Kevin, yes, sir. out of the closet somewhere. <laughs> and I'm, I mean that in the best way. In the best way possible. I appreciate it. Yeah, we are a supportive family here at Clout. Our supportive family, absolutely, 100%. Yes. Uh, gentlemen, we're today we're going to talk about a company called Obega Beauty. Um, this is a client that we, you know, came on about three months ago. Uh, just call it out. I mean, it's a dropshipping company, uh, back back pain health related product. Um, Ronnie, why don't you give a little bit of the background on it? Sure. So, uh, yeah, we have company Obega Beauty come to us for some help. Um, they had found a winning product uh, through testing different products and they needed help scaling to the next level. Uh, they were a team of two seasoned marketers uh, that have been you know, doing paid ads for a number of years and um, they just wanted really just you know, an arm to be uh, like a marketing arm that they can delegate to and, and work on strategy with and have uh, you know, another part of their team kind of do the labor and manage the ads day to day. How do you feel, uh, you know, overall is, is the drop shipping universe? I mean, that was huge 15 years ago, right? Huge 10 years ago. Is it still, is drop shipping still a thing? Do you, I mean, do you have to really care? Like what's, what's the difference between somebody who's a really successful drop shipper and somebody who is going to fail at the end of the day? Sure. So drop shipping was a thing of the past, even if it wasn't as popular um, in the general domain, but it's also going to be here to stay. Actually, this mic I have, I ordered from Dell and they drop shipped it to me. It took six months to get here because of COVID, but um, you know, companies have always been drop shipping and they're going to continue to drop ship. I think the difference that makes um, you know, a, a successful drop shipper, entrepreneur, whatever it is, at the, at the end of the day, I think you're an entrepreneur if, if you get into this business and you start your own e-commerce brand, um, is that realizing you are building a business and, and mm. building a long-term asset so that means reinvesting back into the business, maybe not taking out as much money um, and really investing in the branding, the messaging, I think, and most importantly, uh, the customer experience. And so, you know, some dropshippers we've worked with, they've had like product issues and stuff like that. Um, and yeah, at the end of the day, if you're not in it for, if you're not obsessed about the customer, then you're going to lose long-term. That's a great message, right? Yeah, to get to be customer focused, no matter what you're in, even if you're not you're not creating the product, if you're just really the marketing front, you still gotta you gotta you gotta care about who you're selling to. Uh, Kevin, where were they at when when they joined us? What 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 did the universe look like? What kind of return were they getting? What kind of product were they shipping and stuff? 
yeah um so where were they at when they pretty much met us um not not pretty much anywhere they they were either losing money or just uh, or just having a one act so they were just breaking even really um they were really spending money for no reason just testing 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 and nothing seemed to work for them and that's why they were seeking um expert help now i don't want to call myself an expert like i know a thing about uh facebook but 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 when we took over, um, they saw immediate results because because they already spent a lot of money on on the testing period, and I took all that data um, and it, and I analyzed it. I saw what worked and what didn't. Um, made made some small tweaks, and that's when their performances took off. So what were the what were kind of the key you know fail points in their testing? Like I I'd love to break that down just a little bit for two or three minutes, like. I'm an entrepreneur. I found a product that I love and I found a product that I think can really work in the market. Um, what, you know, what mistakes were they making in their testing that wouldn't allow them to determine either, you know, Hey, we're going to scale this or here's where we need to pour the gas on or, or that kind of thing. Where, where were the missing pieces? Yeah, that's a very interesting, but also a very complex question. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of marketers that do by themselves, they go on YouTube, they search online of how to do Facebook marketing. If, the, if you go on YouTube and type that in, there's tons of videos on how to do it. And those don't really work because those are, are for the masses. And Facebook marketing isn't really for the masses. It's, it's for people who, who know the algorithm, who knows what works and can apply it to, to any industry with small tweaks here and there. And what they were doing was they were basically um, like doing the step-by-step program that they probably... Um, saw online that another successful market did, but whatever that successful market did, couldn't really apply to them because they're such a niche product. You're mm. selling, you're selling bras for women that have back pain. Right. Now, you have to get super targeted with that, um, and if, if you're targeting way too broad, um, you're either um, leaving money on the table or at the same time wasting money as well. Mm-hmm. Is there, Ronnie, going back to that sort of entrepreneurial question, is there, is, is it, is there unnecessary danger for an entrepreneur who's looking to be either, a, you know, a one trick pony, so to speak, you know, they got, they basically had one product. Um, whereas you see a lot of people come in and they've got a catalog, right? It's, you know, here's your dresses and your skirts and your boots and your whatever. Talk to me about that. Yeah. So I think it always depends on a few things. One, entrepreneurial preference. Do you want to scale vertically and go deep on a business or horizontally? Um, and also it, it depends on the nature of the business. Um, you know, if it's a, a product where they're going to come back and have repeat buyers, because you want to increase the customer lifetime value as much as possible. Um, you know, with them, it's broad. So as long as they focus on an amazing product, as well as, re, um, you know, content marketing to, keep, to stay top of mind and do promotions year, year round, um, they're going to increase the return customer rate, which is great for any business so that you can, you know, at scale, which we were trying to do for them aggressively, even if you're close to break, even on the, the first acquisition, you're going to make profit on the, on the back end. Um, so it really depends on, on your business model, what type of product you have um, and what your goals are. But mm-hmm. I think it's always a great idea to be able to increase customer lifetime value, either through um, a future sale of the same product bundling and, or cross selling another part of the product line, which we were kind of talking about with Obega as well. Okay, cool. Um, well, and so now, Kevin, take me in. What what was our approach when we looked at their account? You you kind of teased it out, you know, a few minutes ago. But what did we do to start solving that problem? And how did we take them from guessing and from losing money to, you know, I know what the account looked like. How did we start scaling them? 
Yeah, yeah. So uh, you really have to know what what worked and what what basically just did not work. Um, they they had a whole bunch of look at like audience testing. Um, now for for those of you who don't know what, what look like is 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 basically you telling Facebook to find more audiences like your current customers, and 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 you tell Facebook um, with a. a email list or website visitors. And what they were doing, they they were breaking out their custom audiences way too narrow and way too niche. And that didn't really work for them. So first you have to stop broad, like past purchasers. Then, then I layered in with um, people who are interested in bras, but then layered in with people who are interested in bras. So so think of like a think of like an onion, right? If you keep peeling the layers, then then that's where you're gonna find your your perfect niche. Sorry, Kevin, to clarify, you said past purchasers layered with bras. And what was the second, the third one? You said bras twice. I just want to clarify. Oh, um, it, but it was layered with people who were, who had relevant searches for pain. So, so, so back pain um, and, and shoulder pain. So any kind of pain. And Steven, you're muted. Don't tell the host he's muted. <laughs> <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> so, and so once you layer that on is, I think this is one of the things where a lot of clients sort of is like, so, hey, great, we, we kind of solved that problem. And you know, we saw a turnaround with the account. Is that just sort of like, hey, look, great, you know, set it and set it and forget it. And it just kind of however much money you want to spend on it or how much do you pay attention to that in order to continue to scale it? Yeah, uh, that's another good question, too. Um, so what kind of separates us from other agencies is that we don't really look at your, your marketing side of things like Facebook marketing. We also look at your website and how you can improve your conversion rate in, in your website and their website, oh man, <laughs> if you go on their website, it's like, what the hell is going on? You you wouldn't even know how, how to buy their product. So we went in, we made us a few suggestions. Like like we told them to add PayPal pay. We, we told them to change like small things around, like add the cart and, and buy it now and to add those in and and that completely changed everything so just small tweaks can can have a huge effect on on your your sale process and so for those it sounds like you offered more payment gateways so people just had different ways to buy what other ways can you you know can you suggest maybe ronnie to make the sales process frictionless right like you want to be able to click on an ad come in boom buy like what what other ways do do they look at or do we look at yeah so uh kind of building on to what Kevin said, you want to remove as many steps as possible. And of course, any, anything that we mentioned on this podcast are best practices and they need to be tested. It's always going to vary by brand. Um, and we, you know, we can talk about split testing as well, but um, you know, with them, they had a great landing page set up. They had three different bundles. I, I forgot the exact different bundles, but it was like, you know, one bra, three bra, three bra set as the best seller and then a five bra set. Um, and I believe the, the audit, in terms of the audit that we gave them was, you know, when they clicked there should be a buy now button to skip the add to cart completely. They click the, the, the buy and it goes straight to the checkout. Uh, again, to eliminate as many steps to create a frictionless possible, uh, a frictionless process as possible. Super cool. And then I, I want to add on to that. Yeah, then I want to add on to that. Um, I had a, a very smart guy who's, who's also an experienced marketer that told me that basically CRO, conversion rate optimization, is you have to think of things as like you're the herder and everybody that goes on your website is a sheep. 
um, just yeah, just, just, so, so no offense if you are a sheep, but um, you you have to guide them through the whole process, right? Think of every, everybody as as mindless sheep and just guide them through the whole process, and that's how you basically can improve everything. <laughs> you just incited a sheep pro protest on the West <laughs> yeah, Coast. Oh my say. goodness. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so curveball question for you, Ronnie, in that I know that this. The, you know, this particular client was demanding, right? And they, not only were we growing their account in a way that we thought was substantial. I mean, we're talking three, three and a half X kind of growth over a 60 day, 90 day period. It was never good enough. Like where do, where do we find the disconnects with the client in those places? Sure. So I think, you know, this is just a better uh, communication channel when it comes to what are the goals and, um, to simplify the goals, you know, you're either uh, monetizing what, what's the current funnel that you have, increasing profitability, reinvesting, you know, some of that cash flow into inventory, branding, whatever, or scaling, you know, increasing new customer acquisition while sacrificing margin because, you know, just the, the size of the market, uh, I think in most industries, like the more you spend into them, your, your, your cost per acquisition is going to go up. Um, and so I think the requests Explain on, on that one to me because that did, most people would think it would be opposite. The more that you spend into a market, that your cost per acquisition go down because brand growth, brand recognition, you know, those kinds of things. So why would it? Sure. So uh, <laughs> for the viewers, there's a bell curve, right? Uh, <laughs> you have the, the early adopters on the left side for everyone listening. Yeah. Um, and then you have the bulk of your customers in the middle. And then on the right, you have uh, the far right, you have, um, you know, that farmer guy in China, the hardest part of the market to reach. Um, and so basically the market is limited. So, you know, of course it's gonna depend on your channel and whatnot, but the more you spend into this, you're gonna essentially exhaust the current time of market um, and your costs are gonna go up because it's gonna be harder and harder for your ads to reach them and be delivered. So that, that's kind of what happens at scale. Mm. So diminishing returns, basically. Exactly, yeah. It's a it's um, harder to find the person, it costs more money and you're still getting the same sale value, basically the same average order value from that person. Exactly, and, and I bring up the goals part because you know we should be able to go into different phases, You know, three months of scaling, losing some margin, three months maybe monetizing again, building up that margin to, to prepare for the next cycle, as well as let that time period kind of settle down because um, more people are always entering and leaving the market. Um, and so that, that period is important. And, and that's kind of what you hire Clout to do is to really manage those, those ebbs and flows of business as well as communicate your profit goals so that we can hit them for you. Mm. And that kind of coming back to that lifetime value kind of piece, is this a lesson that we learned was, is this something we should have gone to Obega and said, hey, look, now's the right time to introduce, you know, a companion product or, you know, a consulting service or something else. Um, is that, is that, a, was that a missed opportunity for us or was that something the client wasn't interested in or? Oh, no, we definitely talked about it. I, I think um, before that point, though, we should have um, agreed on a, a monetization period of, okay, cool. Because there are very slim margins when we were scaling, right? We should have said, hey, cool, let's take a pause for three to six months, increase the remarketing ROAS, um, and then just capitalize on the profitability. Mm. And so that we're ready to either, again, reinvest back into more ads, more scaling, or new products, um, which would be you know messaging, design, branding, and, and all of that. Cool. Kevin, final question, uh, take us out. What other critical wins and what other lessons did we learn with Obega? Uh, let's start with the, so let's start with the wins. Uh, wins. We, we were able to increase the month over month sales by over 30%. Now that might not sound oh, by a lot, but we 
basically triple their spend and we improve efficiencies by over 100%. Mm. So for example, they were at a 1x ROAS before us. And when they when we took them on, we tripled their spend and we ended um, we ended with a 2x ROAS. So, so yep. nice. And now with learnings, um, <laughs> now I feel like this is this is kind of um, a common thing with our drop shippers. They they want more yesterday, so so they wanted to scale pretty quick. And for us, we we know when it's the right time to scale and when it's not. Um, so 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 the learnings was that we just had to make sure that the client knew that it wasn't the right time to scale yet. We're the experts here. Just let us just let us communicate when it's the right time. And if they were not will willing to listen, then they should know the 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 faults in that basically super cool ronnie hey you want to take us out on any super you know drops of wisdom real quick putting me on the spot there <laughs> buddy <laughs> you are the founder come on <laughs> yeah no i'm kidding i'm kidding yes I, I think i would love to just leave uh this episode with um again if you can make decisions on a longer time horizon two five ten or as shopify does 100 year time horizons um uh, you'll always win. And, you know, as long as you're again, considering customer lifetime value um, and being customer centric, uh, you'll always be able to spend more than your competitors and, and essentially outcompete all of them. So With that's it. Thank you very much, gentlemen. Close it out for today. We'll see you next time on Impact Marketer. Hey there. If you like what you heard in this episode, please do me the favor of giving us a like because it really does help. And of course, you can always subscribe to Impact Marketer so you never miss an episode. And finally, more importantly, if you'd like to get the type of results that we talk about on this show, drop us a line at cloudconsulting.com and we'd love to help you. Thanks.